So welcome everybody to the Stories from Southwest Virginia podcast. I'm your host, Chad Thompson, and today we're actually going to be kickstarting season two of this podcast series. Very excited about that. Season one, we talked more about the arts and the music and the cultural heritage around Southwest Virginia. And now in season two, we want to do a little bit more of emphasis on outdoor recreation and travel destinations across the region. And today to kickstart this very first episode, I have Austin Counts from Appalachian Voices. He is a new economy field coordinator, a part of the Central Appalachian program staff. And I believe he's located over in Norton, Virginia, which is definitely a beautiful area that I actually got to visit for one of the first times a couple of months ago and got to see some beautiful outdoor landscapes up at High Knob and at Flag Rock. So definitely some great places out there. And Austin, first of all, thank you so much for coming on the podcast today. I'm very excited to talk with you and and share some of the things you do. And I guess to get started, if you wouldn't mind just to introduce yourself to everybody listening and, and kind of give an idea to everybody of what it is that you do. Yeah, thanks for having me on. So, uh, hey, everybody, as I already mentioned, my name is Austin Fount, and I work with Appalachian Voices in Norton, Virginia, and I'm a part of our Southwest Virginia New Economy program. And so the uh, New Economy program with Appalachian Voices is, is one of our newest programs uh, in Southwest Virginia. And if you're new to Appalachian Voices, uh, essentially, we're a nonprofit environmental advocacy organization uh, focused mainly on the central and southern Appalachian mountains. Here in Southwest Virginia, we work on a lot of things uh, like advocating for solar energy development in the region and the reuse of previously mined land, uh, really with the overall vision of an Appalachia with healthy ecosystems and a uh, with, healthy, with healthy ecosystems and a resilient local economy that allow communities to thrive. Yeah, that sounds awesome. And and I was reading up on some more things that you and the team do in that area, and it looks like there's a big focus on things like uh, ecotourism. And then, of course, you mentioned that you're working on, like, abandoned areas where you kind of redevelop those into more environmental-friendly spaces. And I was just curious, maybe you could kind of mention what it, exactly ecotourism is and where are some of those locations currently in the Southwest Virginia region? Yeah, so ecotourism in the region is really one of our next big hot topics for the area of trying to bring uh, the economic value of Southwest Virginia up, getting people to come to Southwest Virginia to really view our beautiful landscape, to see our trails, things like the Clinch River, things like High Knob, which you already mentioned a little bit earlier, and Flag Rock, and to really see and appreciate the natural beauty of the area. Uh, Ecotourism focuses mainly on uh, bringing people in for those natural destinations, and then allowing them access to small communities such as Norton, Wise, St. Paul, or Big Stone Gap, um, and giving them access to other resources in the area, small box shops, maybe the local outfitter, um, small local restaurants, and just all the other small town uh, amenities that we can provide. Yeah, I love that idea of of the local small town communities. That's that's one thing that I try to push and, and promote as much as possible. And I actually got to go to Galax uh, this past week and, and view a bunch of their outdoor locations. And I can tell you that some of the people I met there were some of the nicest people I've ever met in my entire life. And, and I find that so much across the region. So uh, these small business owners and shop owners, they, they definitely love to have people come in. And I think it's great that you guys are working to to push to get people into these local communities and not only enjoy and see the beautiful scenery that we have, but also be a part of those businesses as well. 
yeah, we really have to work together on all this. Um, it's really impossible for any group to work completely separately in Southwest Virginia because we're all part of the same community. We're all part of the same economy. And so anything that we're doing in the region to progress our uh, to progress our economies and to progress our local businesses and our ecotourism, we really should do it in a uh, thought process of working together of uh, ecotourism to help the local businesses, local businesses to bring people in to enjoy the natural environment around us in a sustainable and safe way. Right. And uh, I know that you guys have already have some areas that have been developed thus far that you've worked towards, and you've got some areas that you're still currently working on. Uh, what What are some of those areas that you've currently uh, made available for the public that they can actually visit now? Um, Appalachian Voices actually works on helping to develop and try to fund some of those ecotourism projects. So not quite as much cleaning up and maintaining, uh, but more making sure that localities have access funding to be able to uh, use like mine lands and stuff like that for that purpose. Gotcha. Okay. So, so basically your main initiative there is to take some of these areas that have been abandoned and try to revitalize those locations and turn them into once again natural landscapes that people could, you know, at some point go and visit and enjoy once again. Yeah, really. So uh, anything that takes these abandoned mine lands, um, which are very prevalent in our communities, and turns them into something that's economically sustainable, that uh, really gives them use, but also cleans up the environment, uh, returns our forests back to as close to normal as they could possibly get uh, in a way that's not just getting them back to normal, but it's also benefiting the community. And so a couple examples of that um, is things like uh, taking an old waterfall that was on an abandoned mine land, which if you're not familiar with the terminology, means piece of land or a parcel of land that was mined before the Surface Mining Reclamation Act. Uh, which essentially required companies to clean up their land. If it was mined before the act was really enacted, there's no requirement for the company to go back and clean up those lands, to get rid of high walls or to close a portal that may be uh, leaking pollution into nearby streams or rivers. And so one of the big things that we work on is trying to find funding for those types of lands to turn them back into something that's economically useful. Uh, a couple of awesome examples of that is a project that we were working on last year called the Clinch River Waterfall, Waterfalls and Campgrounds Project, where we had found a couple of locations along the Clinch River that had previously been mined um, and qualified as an abandoned mine land. And we found a couple of interesting sites and started thinking about, okay, what would it mean if instead of having these lands just unavailable for public use, because often high walls and stuff are considered very dangerous, um, and they can also have those pollution problems. But what if we then started thinking about what if we made those areas safer? And what if we used the beauty of some of those areas that may create natural or maybe sometimes unnatural waterfalls and use that as a recreation destination? as hiking trails or biking trails, and what if some of them have these beautiful waterfalls, a part of them, that people would want to come in and hike in to see. Um, and alongside that, one of the biggest initiatives in the area has been really utilizing the Clinch River 
Um, it's really one of the gyms that we have here in Southwest Virginia for a variety of reasons. And some of these projects, such as the Prince River Waterfalls and Campgrounds project, can actually be located right along the river itself. And so whenever communities are coming in and they want to hike or they want to go kayaking or canoeing along the Prince River, these kind of projects can actually not only clean up the land, make it more environmentally friendly and safe, but it can also provide awesome opportunities for campgrounds right along the rivers that uh, kayakers or canoers could access directly from the water, in some cases possibly just by the water. And so these ideas, and so this idea of uh, boat-in campgrounds or float-in campgrounds is uh, really interesting to a lot of uh, adrenaline-seeking uh, tourists. That's excellent, and and that's really cool. You do that, and I'm glad you brought up the Clinch River because that when I did get to visit like the St. Paul Norton area, that's one of the things I did was go tubing down the Clinch River, and it was one of the most beautiful rivers that I've been on. And one thing I liked about it was how how nice and clean it was. Although I did get to experience some wildlife out there. There there's a few bees, and I think my fiance actually <laughs> almost ran up on a snake at one point. But other than that, we were left unscarred. But it's really neat that you can take these locations that are basically in an unusable state and revitalize those into something else. And I noticed you had a couple other uh, locations that you emailed to me if you wanted to kind of talk about some of those as well. Yeah, so another of the things that we really focus on is making sure a community in Southwest Virginia uh, benefit from the land that they've essentially inherited over this long time. And sometimes that is a great thing. Obviously, more land for a county is awesome. More land, more land to use for economic purposes. But as I was already mentioned, a lot of these lands are plagued by abandoned mine lands. These places, once again, that are just really unsafe for uh, people to go on, unsafe for the environment, and usually kindly hazardous. And so, uh, in those communities, we want to make sure that we're bolstering and helping their economies in ways that is, is really right along the community lines of what they want to see happen. And so another project that we've been working on, that we've worked on in the past, was uh, the Daint Revitalization Project. And so if you don't know Daint, uh, Daint is essentially a small former mining community that is really picking up and getting a lot of momentum on trying to turn um, its troubles from the declining mining industry into a, a new economy look to a place that people would want to visit, that maybe they would want to bring their families to, and that they, a nice compound that they would want to settle down in. And so one of the ways that we've been helping them along with that vision to really start bringing people and attracting visitors to the community. Yeah, and uh, so what some of those communities would like to see is a place where their communities can really celebrate the history around coal mining, the history around railroads in the community, but also begin to develop a new, uh, a new economic future for the area by attracting extreme sports enthusiasts, uh, seeking the kind of rugged terrain of the area that's uh, commonly <laughs> that's pretty common in the Appalachian Mountains. And so we've really been working with several communities, Lot and Dank, to be able to reuse these mined, these previously mined lands in our communities 
and turn them into safe AV, ATV trails, biking trails, uh, and walking trails, along with really anything else they would like to see recreation-wise in the community. Um, that way that not only visitors can enjoy it, but the small families and the uh, attractive visitors can really enjoy the natural environment around them in a safe and healthy way. That sounds really neat, and you mentioned the extreme sports, and that might have been what I had found that we had discussed uh, earlier on that uh, one mountain biking trail, and I think having some more of those rugged trails that are catered more towards like the extreme mountain biking is, is a great thing for the area. So I know there's, for me, I, I like a basic kind of flat trail that I can just enjoy the scenery, but there's a lot of people out there that definitely enjoy that more rugged stuff, and then the ATV trails, I've noticed that's becoming a more and more popular thing among multiple states around the region is that to be able to get out on like an ATV and ride might be a good option for people that maybe can't ride bikes. Cause I know there's a lot of people out there that maybe have like knee problems or something is prohibiting them from riding a bike, but an ATV would be a great alternative. So it's great that you're implementing different types of ideas like that, that can cater to more people that maybe couldn't do one thing or another. Yeah, and really the thing is, whenever it comes to the economic diversification of the area, is that we want to appeal to all people, to all visitors, whether you prefer a nice flat, um, maybe paved or graveled road, or a really rocky back road that you can ride a mountain bike down. Uh, as an angler in the area, I really prefer the flatter waters of the clinch most of the time, but I also know a lot of people who are really interested in the extreme sports aspect of kayaking, uh, the rapids, the white waters. And really in Southwest Virginia, uh, if we want the ecotourism economy to pick up and for that to be a part of our economy and of our lives, then we really need to make sure that we're accommodating all groups. Yeah, I, I agree. And I guess to throw out a little bit of a pun, I'm, I'm kind of in the same boat as you because I'm not the best swimmer in the world. So so I like the more calm waters myself, but I, I do have a few friends. I know they're more into that whitewater action and like the more intense. But for me, I think a nice little calm float down the rivers is really all that I need. In fact, uh, one of the other projects, if you don't mind me mentioning, oh, definitely. Um, is, is right along that lines of the more leisurely um the more leisurely ecotourism that can happen in the area because, like I said, we kind of like to make sure we're working uh, for all groups of people. And so another one of the projects that we've been working on, uh, we've actually named the Dream at Flanagan Marina. And if you're an angler from the region, you know John Flanagan Dam, John Flanagan Marina, as a kind of small reservoir that, you probably grew up fishing quite a bit, bass fishing, trout fishing, bluegill fishing, and it's a real staple for Dickinson County in Southwest Virginia. And over the past couple of years, we've actually had a great family come in and take over the marina and start doing a lot of awesome work on attracting visitors, having a small water park for kids and even young adults. Um, and then, of course, the lake provides a lot of opportunities from fishing, uh, boating, really anything you want to do in a nice, calm, pretty safe manner. Um, however, one of the things that they have noticed is on their land is actually a rather large high wall left from uh, before Smacker or 
U.S. before the Surface Mining Reclamation Act. Uh, that can actually be a little bit hazardous if people were to come around. Um, it really leaves a lot of fallen rock, a lot of really steep cliffs, and not a lot of uh, natural contours land. So one of the projects that we've been working on is trying to help the Flanagan Marina go through the process of getting funding to essentially transforming the Marina, the marina into a sort of mountain resort. A, a small area where you can do outdoor camping very safely, right up right on the lake side, where you can maybe rent a log cabin and stay for a week or two weeks, or where you can uh, go and park an RV for multiple months out of the year. That way you really have that frontline access to the lake itself in an extremely natural and ecotourism-friendly environment. That's excellent, and that that actually is a great topic to be bringing up right now, too, because I know with us over at Friends of Southwest Virginia, one thing that we're trying to encourage people to do is with, with COVID-19 and a lot of regulations, like we don't know from one day to the next how things are going to be. So camping and staying in RVs and doing these outdoor recreation different activities are some of the safest ways that you can enjoy the region right now. So that's one of the things we're trying to actively push. So. Yeah, camping's a pretty great option for, especially right now and with the COVID pandemic, being outside really allows us to uh, kind of de-stress, enjoy the natural environment, uh, participate in our economies as well. Uh, a lot of people think that right now um, we should really be supporting our local small businesses, and I totally agree. And one of the best ways to do so is by getting out into the environment and then Finding yourself, finding your way to one of the local uh, spots for maybe a small snack, whether you're ordering that out to your car or whether you're uh, renting a bicycle or a kayak from one of our awesome outfitters in the area. Um, but one of the things I continually think about whenever uh, we're trying to pull in all of these ecotourists, all these uh, people who are really seeking that real natural feel of the environment, is really how to do so responsibly. And so I wouldn't necessarily say this is a large part of my work with Appalachian Voices, but I'm a pretty big advocate for uh, local ecotourism. And one of the things I always like to stress to people is some of the common things that you can do just to make sure that uh, tourism remains sustainable in an area. And Really, a lot of the things you'll notice is it's actually really simple practices you can do. Um, it's just getting that knowledge of, oh, why should I care about this? Or why should I um, make my way around this longer trail whenever I can take a shorter route? Um, and that kind of leads to one of my first like, points. And one of the first things I always think about is that whenever you go on any awesome trail that's been newly created, a lot of times you see these large loops and you're just like, well, I can just go this way, cut up the mountain a little bit. It's a bit steeper walk, but I can get to point A, from point A to point B a lot quicker. And uh, usually if I'm hiking around with any of my friends, I advise them just not to do it, please. Um, actually running off the trails like that can cause a lot of maintenance issues and can eventually lead to uh, sedimentation and pollution into like waterways. As once you start blazing your own trails, people say, uh, you start creating a new way for water to form and rush from point A to point B as well. And so a lot of our local trails are and should be designed very 
specifically to make sure that we're not affecting local waterways negatively. And by kind of making your own trail, you're actually cutting out a lot of that of the environmental aspect of ecotourism. That actually makes a lot of sense. And I've, I've actually noticed this in some places I've went is oftentimes I'll see a trail that kind of veers off from, from the main line that I'm traveling down. And it, it looks like, you know, people have actually just kind of walked through there just enough times that it starts to put it down. And, and I've found that I try to avoid those for one, from the environmental perspective that you just gave to me, but also, you know, my fear is always that I veer off on the wrong trail and get lost somewhere and I can't find my way back. So I think that is something very important to let everybody know listening that if you're going out and exploring any of these areas, even if they are designated areas to be going, that you stay on the marked trails to to be as safe as possible and be as environmentally friendly as possible. Yeah, and as we're getting closer towards the end of the podcast today, is there anything that we might have missed or maybe some areas that maybe we haven't mentioned that you would like to toss in towards the end of the podcast or even toss us out some of your favorite locations to go to as a part of these initiatives? Yeah, so growing up in Southwest Virginia, uh, really this is where a lot of my passion is. Uh, I'm really excited to see our work going on in the future and really starting to embrace ecotourism and embrace our natural environment around us. Uh, one of the favorite, one of my favorite places to go is along the Clint River, like we already mentioned before. Um, pretty nice smallmouth habitat if you're a angler like myself. Um, but there are also a lot of waterfalls and just places to get out in the region and experience. Uh, ecotourism and experience the environment right here in Southwest Virginia. And so if you're in the area, if you're a listener from Southwest Virginia, I would just say, hey, get out there. Don't assume you know everything about your community just because you live there. But there's always another trail that you haven't heard of or another small waterfall that's somewhere out there that you've briefly heard of from a friend that you could maybe take that next step to go out and seeing. And heck, that may lead you to a new community, a new favorite restaurant, or a new favorite shop. Um, but also, keep in mind, a lot of things I've talked about here today has been about reusing the land that we have used in the past for things like mining or things like timber. And that just because that's how things work doesn't mean that's how things always have to be. Just because those lands are dangerous and uh, possibly causing some pollution right now. It doesn't mean we can't reuse them for something beautiful like ecotourism or like recreation. And if you're interested in hearing a little bit more about some of the projects that we're doing on those uh, mine-affected lands, you can look us up at reclaimingappalachia.org, where we put a lot of these kinds of projects on our website to show you exactly what's happening in Virginia, uh, West Virginia, even as far north as Ohio. And uh, you can also look me up and Appalachian Voices up at AppalachianVoices.org. Yeah, so everybody out there listening, definitely be sure to check that out if you'd like to find out more information or get involved yourself. I think it's great that we can take areas of the Southwest Virginia landscape that are currently being unused or we see as unsafe for everybody right now and be able to reclaim those lands and turn them into a safer environment. That's truly an amazing thing. And in some ways, you know, it kind of almost gives us a blank slate to work with and create, you know, whether it's a park or a hiking area or whatever else it is, and just be able to use those lands for years to come. Because that's one thing we we have to realize is that the world we have around us is, is what we have. And, you know, this is for future generations as well as our own. So let's just 
take care of the things that's all around us. But Austin, thank you so much for coming on the podcast today. I really appreciated getting to learn more about what it is that you do and your initiatives and stuff. It really gave me a better understanding for everything. And I just appreciate the time today. And hopefully you have a good weekend rolling out and can't wait to talk to you guys again soon.